Good evening, this is Julie, Julie and the Red Jeep Girl, and tonight I'm joined with my dad, and, <laughs> and, um, sorry I was gone for a whole nother month, I keep saying I'll be on here every two weeks, and, um, I've not been consistent yet, so apologies for that. My son and I, uh, right before school started, got RSV, so we were sick, he was sick for a week, I was sick for two and a half weeks, huh. and so, uh, it's just been a little crazy around here. Anyway, uh, the last time uh, I did an episode, we talked about the windshield wiper motor, the pigtail connections inside, the dash of my 2003 Ford Mustang. We got that squared away, and a week or two after that, my dad got <laughs> quit it. He's Sorry. snoring. No. Uh, <laughs> my dad did the um, did most of the work on the exhaust manifold on the left on the driver's side that we replaced and mainly I just did there like kind of like <laughs> very nervous because I didn't want bolt to break off because it was gonna be <laughs> it would suck <laughs> it would absolutely suck so before he gets into the details of how he removed it and everything I'm gonna give you guys that couple of month list to give an update on what we've done with my car in the two years that I've had it and so number one was new tires uh, brake sensors with a connecting spade AC clutch pulleys that were 30 to 20 dollars each for a total of $100 turn signal switch was $84 turn signal switch pigtail connectors $35 uh, alternator and we have we've replaced it two three times mm -hmm. well yeah I think so because the first two we did scrap and that was a no they died within two weeks right. and then we went with a reman that was not Duralast I just don't remember the brand uh, my sweat equity on a door insert repair third brake light restored cleaned the bulbs uh, uh, restored the the shine to the acrylic. Uh, we did thermostat and gasket last summer in 2020. Oil changed, spark plugs and wires. The wires were $23.99 uh, each and the spark plugs were $7.89 each. Brake calipers were $160. A brand new spanking battery, $150. Rack and pinion power steering pump, $300. Fuel pump, $179. And driver's side exhaust manifold, which we had been quoted and we had talked about doing the weld repair for $60 and I got this exhaust manifold for $55. So well, you've left something out. What did I leave out? Well, the, the entire power steering system is brand new. I mean, mm -hmm. new hoses, supply and return, mm -hmm. pump, yeah, and pulley, and uh, the rack itself, and tie rods, inners and outers, mm -hmm. the entire steering sector hydraulic and mechanical are all brand spanking new. The thing about it is, and I'm a little disappointed at, is that I don't think that car has driven uh, 500 miles since we did all that and the rack is leaking. Yeah. On both boots. Inner, inner sills. Inner yeah, sills on, on both, both boots. boots. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> it's just, it, it's just like, I feel like, what's the character who's pushing the stone up the hill? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know that person that's who I feel like right now <laughs> but as for what I have left on 
I'm messing with the microphone. Sorry, guys. What I have left on the list is, um, so we have, these are, some of these are cosmetics. Some of these are just routine maintenance that we've already checked, but it's about to be time to check again. Uh, I want new rims. Uh, we do have to do a rear main engine seal. <laughs> yeah. And we got to drop the transmission to do that. <laughs> Uh, I am going to replace the LED bulbs in my headlights with Oxido LEDs. Thank you, Jonah, for that suggestion. Uh, window motors and regulators. We got to look at shocks and struts just to make sure they're good. Radiator is up. That cooling system is a biggie. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see, coolant temperature sensor, which we've had for over a year but have not replaced. <laughs> no. <laughs> because it's on the back of the engine. Oh, that's yeah, it's it's gonna suck. We gotta check the rear brakes because we found some fluid on the rear right. Yeah, uh, some weeping. We found weeping, and uh, what do you think that is? No, it's it's the wheel cylinder. It has to be. It can't be anything Yay. else. Yay! Yeah, no more work. Yeah, more work. <laughs> yeah, it's a piece of cake. Yeah. Piece of crumb cake. Piece of crumb cake. Uh, updating. What did I write here? Up to, oh, okay. This is on the dash. This is interior. Updating the backlighting and gauges to blue and white. I'm most likely not going to do that. Uh, we'll see. Putting fat mat under the interior carpet. I told you guys that's going to be probably around December. Sound, mm -hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. Because when I had my stereo fixed at Tommy's Tune Shop in McAllister, he showed me the areas in the car where, where you lose sound or you get that rattle in your car the most if your car is not higher in luxury because higher luxury cars have a lot more sound dampening within yeah. them and yeah. so he showed me the places where I sh I would want to do the fat mat or the kill mat mm -hmm. and then updating the seats uh, I took my carpet shampoo and extractor to mine as best as possible but sun damage and age is sun damage and age uh, there's <laughs> you can't you can't put it back to brand new necessarily especially because I'm not a pro at that by any means and I don't like sewing. <laughs> uh, center console update, uh, adding undercarriage lighting, maybe, custom seats, relining the ceiling. Uh, I want, I really want to leather wrap my dash and my door panels. Will I? It's a surprise. Then deck lid blackout, black decals on the hood scoop, replace the cow vent grill that I broke when I had to fixed when we had to look at the windshield wiper motor uh letter inlay maybe some rocker stripes the rear spoiler i hate that thing um doing an undercarriage detail uh and maybe getting a a fancier looking battery box because i want my, to have a very clean appearing engine and i want it to look all nice neat and tidy uh, those are more cosmetic and vanity things, but that's, you know, once all of the mechanical stuff is done, that's what I want to do next with this car. Uh, so, <laughs> and my dad's just looking at me like, sell the car. Sell the car, Julie. Sell yeah. the car. <laughs> so, on the on the exhaust manifold, um, that went by faster than I anticipated. Me too. It was it was way less trouble some, than I thought it was going to be because every one I'd ever done before... I mean, there was always, of course, we're dealing with studs instead of bolts. You mm -hmm. know, the studs were, would remain in the head, and then you just take the nuts off of it mm -hmm. 
and uh, <clears throat> but I did still didn't give a lot of hope for that. So you know, uh, normally if I w- if I was, I tested one of them, mm-hmm. and it broke loose very easy and came all the way off without any trouble. So if I would have been really concerned about it, I would have uh, wire brushed every stud as best that you can Mm -hmm. and then soak it down for two or three days with a a, uh, like a liquid wrench or a PV blaster Mm -hmm. or even that WD-40 break loose stuff that they got. Uh, There's some stuff out there on the market, Croil, it's the oil that creeps (laughs) and um, there's uh, open and shut, that's some good stuff, expensive, about eight bucks a can. But uh, but anyway, I would have I would have been soaking it with that. But the test bolt uh, test nut that I took off just came right off, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, praise God! It can't be that easy." <laughs> and, and one at a time, you know, they all broke torque, and mm-hmm. you know, and uh, came loose. And then I got the air ratchet on it and zipped them all the way off. And I don't remember if we put anti-seas, well, we, you know, naturally go down below. It does not have a donut gasket per se on the bottom. Well, it's got the so flare. Flare fitting, yeah, it mates with a flare, which works just fine. So you have a collar mm-hmm. that, that pulls it up on the studs. So on those studs, I'm pretty sure I put anti-seas on the studs down below and then cinched it down. Mm-hmm. But on the studs up top, I don't think I did. But... Uh, we also reused the factory gasket because it was nothing more than a piece of thin, uh, tin. Mm-hmm. And the newer one was kind of thick. Well, I, th- I think what, yeah, it, that's that's a standard looking exhaust gasket. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is, General Motors never uses a. I'm serious, they don't use any gasket mm-hmm. on their between their exhaust manifold and the cylinder head. Mm-hmm. Um, they mate together and they seal just fine. And it blows me away that that that, that works, but it works, <laughs> and no sound, no sputtering, you know, mm-hmm. none of that. So, but um, but on this one here, the one that came in the box with the manifold was a, uh, it was the old type that can crush and get loose. Mm-hmm. So you would have to probably over a year's time keep retorquing your bolts. So I opted to, for us to just reuse the original gasket because, like I say, it's just nothing but a piece of tin. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing you, we could have done was coated it with some, uh, well, some of that high temp ultra copper. Not not ultra copper. It's a uh, it's a copper gasket maker, um, and it helps keep things alive. And when when the exhaust manifold has a certain heat expansion coefficient to the head, and the head's Probably, I don't know if it's cast iron or aluminum, but it's probably. It's aluminum. Yeah, see, and it's going to expand and contract at a different rate than the steel manifold would. Yeah. So if you coat it down with uh, that copper, high temp uh, copper gasket uh, coating, it keeps, as they expand and contract, you have a less opportunity to break things or it just helps things meld together very well mm-hmm. you know but uh, it's it's a suggestion I use it on head gaskets mm-hmm. you know and uh, head gaskets it seems to work very well there too and what is it yeah I, it's a copper gasket maker it's not well it's not a gasket maker it's just like a uh, like because I don't want to say ultra copper. Ultra copper is a uh, Permatex. Yeah. And this is a copper. It's a brush on, 
and you have to stir the can a little bit with a stipple brush. But oh yeah, um, I know what you're talking about, yeah, but I can't think of the name. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's good stuff, and I've never had it fail me. You know, every time I've ever replaced a head gasket, I coat the head, the gasket, and then the uh, block mm-hmm. with this stuff, and then I, I torque the bolts to uh, specs. And that's another thing we could talk about, but... What is it? Well, torque settings. Oh, yeah. I don't use torque wrench anymore. Yeah. On anything. I um, don't. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, every time I've ever set things to torque specs with a calibrated wrench, they've all the jobs come back. And, and I've, I've been so ticked off about it. You know, I had to redo intake gaskets because I didn't torque the manifold to specs mm-hmm. with a calibrated wrench. And it's still, I'm like, no, I... I know enough to know. When I was in in, in college, I was um, <laughs> we had to take apart, put back together a uh, radial R985 engine, and I never used torque wrench on it. And boy, my professor was about spitting mad, wanted to fail me over. And I said, I promise you that that job there will not come back. I know tight. I know tight and tight tight, <laughs> and I know when it needs to be snug. And uh, and sure enough, I stopped using torque wrench, and I never had a job come back since. Not not because of that. Nice. You know, so you and head bolts. That's <laughs> another thing. You know, you're supposed to tighten them in sequence. You know, and nowadays you're supposed to replace the head bolts because they can expand mm-hmm. or stretch. Yeah. And and uh, but I didn't do that either. So, <laughs> and it's not that I'm a, a lax mechanic or anything. It's just I know. BS when I see it, yeah, and and what I know what, what's overkill and what's not, and so I go through there and I use my own mm-hmm. uh, torque method and procedure, and then my own torques, and to where it's it's more of a feel than than it is anything else. But they're all equal and they're all in order, and never have warped a head or blowed a gasket, <laughs> you know. So proofs in the pudding. Yeah. <laughs> So on the on the manifold, mm-hmm. I chose I went with the aluminum and I went with a brand that was available on multiple websites. That manifold we put on was it aluminum? Yes. I thought it was uh, stainless. Well, uh, no, I think actually I think it was stainless. It could be. It was welded though, and I had I had a buddy ask why I didn't go with a casted manifold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said this is a V6. She ain't nothing fancy. Right. <laughs> um, if it was a V8 and it was a newer model, things like that, uh, if I was trying to do more than what I'm trying to do, I would have invested in the money with, you know, higher performance parts. But this gets my car running. It had really phenomenal reviews on every single website that I checked. But I reviewed the part on multiple websites to see what the cheapest I could get it for. Because on some websites, you can get the part for cheap, but they'll try and get you on the shipping, the tax, or, uh, I forgot, was it tax shipping and something else. And so uh, I went with, I went with Rock Auto, (coughs) I think, on this Mm -hmm. one, and I got it for the cheapest in the shipping, and tax was cheapest on there as well. But it was also available on like Summit Racing, uh, LMR, CJ Pony, all of those. Uh, The exact same brand. (laughs) For more money. (laughs) For more money. For $76 to uh, the highest I found it for was $98. Cool. So I got it for $55. So uh, I saved, I did save some money there. 
but yeah like i didn't get a cat like a, a molded one uh just because yeah like this is a base this is the base of mustang and yeah. Like I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, make it into something that could fold laundry. <laughs> right. But um, I do want it nice. I do want it nice, and I, I want it to look good and everything and sound great. And that's what this part did. Um. Now on the bolt pattern, when we took it off, there's, there's really no once removing the exhaust manifold. Like, is there a pattern you go by to remove the manifold? There's a panel pattern for everything. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the factory especially has it has <laughs> yeah. it set but um, like did you start in the middle and go out or yeah yeah and I, I'm, all I did is I took them all up to contact mm -hmm. and then started in the middle and then went down about 30 pounds and then you know middle and then out and then le you know left and then right and then middle and then, then sort of middle mm -hmm. and you know we're dealing with six bolts yeah three cylinders and just making and, sure like yeah. they're they're staying loose and, and they're and gonna all come out <laughs> yeah until i got them down to where they were tight tight mm -hmm. and but i went down with them equally and you know um so, equally being the key word there you know yeah so there's three three bolts is it three bolts there's two bolts per cylinder three two, cylinders. two bolts per cylinder okay so six all together yep and so like there's three on the top three on the bottom yep and so did you you just started in the middle and went out on removal and install pretty much i okay. just broke torque on all of them uh, back and forth back and forth back and forth okay you know to keep from putting pressure in one specific area so we didn't break anything <laughs> right yeah <laughs> you know, that's kind of a toughy deal yeah you know? and then um and then putting it back in started at the center and worked well i'll tell you what the toughest out. part about this job was I couldn't was, believe it was also cracked off completely. What? Like it was, in, it came out oh, yeah. in two well, parts. No, that's what I was going to say. The <laughs> toughest part about the job was the old manifold came out because it easy because of the cavity because it was in two pieces, but the new one didn't want to go back down in there. Nope. <laughs> you know, with, and I, so we got away with not releasing the motor mount on that side and, and uh -huh. jacking it up. Somehow, some way, I snaked it down in there. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, oh, I had to remove the master cylinder. Yeah. Okay. So how do you, how did you? I wasn't paying attention at that point. I think I was chasing a chicken across <laughs> the yard. Yeah. Um, how do you remove the master cylinder, and where oh, is well, it? Well, it's no problem. You just don't break the hydraulics loose, and then you're in tall cotton. You just take the two bolts that mounts the master cylinder to the booster, take those off, pull it, and you still got the lines attached to it. So they're but they spring. Uh -huh. And you pull it over and off the studs from the booster and then move it up and out of the way. Okay. And that accommodated us the extra room that we needed to get in there. Because I didn't want to pull a bolt on a motor mount. Yeah. You know, that would have. And I don't need motor mounts, surprisingly. No. I have backups just in case now because I got them. <laughs> right. But I don't need them. Um, so on the master cylinder. Mm-hmm. Because I, my show is mainly for people who are just getting into cars and just trying to learn basics. What is a master cylinder? Well, well that's the, the brake. Master cylinder is the device that when you step on the brake pedal by way of the booster, it gives you a, a lot of power assist so that you're not having to stand on the brake. Mm -hmm. And it, then a little bitty pin in the middle of the booster pushes forward and pushes what's called a spool mm -hmm. into the master cylinder, which supplies pressure, hydraulic pressure, 
through two lines. A front and the front one feeds the front brakes. The rear one feeds the rear brakes, and the rear brakes have to go through a uh, oh, what do you call it? It's a uh, brake valve. It's a uh, proportioning valve. Mm-hmm. Because when you step on the brakes, if you did not have that proportioning valve, every time you touch, even touch the brakes, your back tires just lock up. Mm-hmm. They just lock up because all the weight on the car shifts forward and up and forward and it makes the weight comes light on the back tires and they would just skid. Mm. So it reduces, greatly reduces the braking force to the rear wheel cylinders or disc brake calipers, if whichever you, you got. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and then the brake master cylinder, uh, being a hydraulic device, it, it carries dot three brake fluid and had we broken the system open, we would have had to bleed it. But we didn't have to. We didn't have to mess with all that. Yay! Not till in the upcoming months. Yeah. <laughs> Yippee! Now I said something else that most folks don't understand about your brake system, and most mechanics don't suggest it, is that you need to flush your brake fluid probably I don't know once every five years. It wouldn't hurt to do it every year, mm-hmm. but that's a bit excessive. But you're, you got to understand, if you can do a swap on all your fluids, I don't care what it is, even the rear end grease, mm-hmm. if you can do a swap, <laughs> a flush and, and fill on every fluid that your car has, that car will last way longer and more trouble-free than, than it would otherwise. Because you got to think about it, your, your negative battery cable is attached to the where? The block of the engine, right? Mm-hmm. And the block of the engine is grounded to the frame frame is grounded to the body yeah right so you have continuity throughout that way because if you if you didn't have your body grounded to the frame and then so on none of your uh, BCM your body control module stuff would work mm-hmm. you know your radio your seats and none of that crap would work so um, but when you because everything has continuity throughout you have electrons flowing through all your fluids especially your antifreeze yes and it also depends on where your ground cable is attached to your engine because General Motors used to attach it to the very right front uh, passenger side front bolt to the intake well what that did is that set up electrolysis in that one Uh. intake port and it pitted the block and the head pretty bad Uh. you know you could sand down best you could and use Permatex on it but you know, damage is done. So by your electrons flowing through your antifreeze and brake fluid and oils and, and power steering fluid even, you know, ele- electrons will flow everywhere. Uh, but they also turn things acidic and it's it's a good thing to flush. And, and that's another reason you change your coolant temperature sensor annually is uh, it's probably the cheapest. <laughs> It's the best, cheapest thing that you can do to keep your gas mileage at what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I, I literally took your sister's truck that was getting eight miles per gallon, and all I did was change the coolant temperature sensor, and it went back up to about 17, 18. Yeah. I know fluids are going to be next, obviously. With the rear main engine still, we're going to be there, so we're going to replace the transmission fluid for sure. Maybe. I take it, maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, <clears throat> From, from what I've seen on videos, I'm not, I'm excited. I'm excited to be doing the rear main engine seal because I want to learn more about oh, it. Lord, I'm not. But 
but at the same time I don't wanna (laughs) I don't want to but uh, it's not easy it's a toughy job yeah I've been driving the Mustang for what two weeks now yeah and anytime it's at idle it starts to overheat yeah we gotta address that issue so that's most likely because your cooling system should be reliable if you could take it say downtown Birmingham Alabama Mm -hmm. at high noon in the middle of August in bumper to bumper traffic Mm-hmm. With the air conditioner on, your cooling system should be able to handle that. Mm-hmm. No problem. Should be. And if it can't, then you've got issues somewhere. And it's nine times out of ten, it's usually a restricted radiator. You've got some coils that are clogged up. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't have the capacity. And this radiator came with the car, I think. Um, yeah, probably. Like, I, I don't think they ever did anything to yeah. maintain it or anything like that yeah. so uh we're gonna f- well we're not flushing it but i'm just replacing it and doing the coolant temperature sensor when i do that and then uh and then we got to look at the inner seals on the rack and pinion again well i'm or, gonna have talked to autozone about it yeah. they're pretty good about their warranty and honoring and, it yeah even though it's been well over a year since we've done it the car didn't have 500 miles on it since that job nope. was done nope so that I was a little dismayed at that I've driven it since last year when we got that rack and pinion on I've driven it maybe when I feel when I got gas the other day I was at 200 miles on that take of gas yeah that was that had been sitting in the car for almost a year I topped it off yeah oh yeah oh yeah I've yeah and so so now that tank the most recent tank is at like 75 miles and that's just from driving around town but um <clears throat> but yeah the uh we still got a good ways to go <laughs> yep. uh, but it's running better and better and i w- was hoping to show us see if i can find a uh a clip of it a clip of us turning it on i'll put it up to the microphone because guys i got i got some new tech uh, for this show, I got a fancier microphone and stand. And once I have the money, I'll get another microphone. Mm-hmm. As soon as I find where this video of the exhaust manifold is. Okay, almost there. Let's see here. Okay, here we go. I forgot about the tailpipe yeah, and the you, hanger. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. Just keep, just, just add it to the list. It's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, thank you for joining me, Dad. Um, yeah. On the next, uh, what I have going on in the next few weeks is doing more cleaning on my bus. Maybe Dad will join me, maybe not. We'll see. He's just like, don't make me. (laughs) It's my future home. And, but yeah, next episode, I'm going to be talking about the history of 
the car frame and body and I'm gonna ask my dad to give me some recommendations on some engines to look at and study uh, just for my own edification pretty much um, and the other thing what I have learned about the frame and the body of a car and why they started to I guess add them together the body. yeah the assembly line yeah it was assembly line but was there a like i can't find anything to say if it was legitimately safer no it's not safer no but uh because buses and i think uh uh, bigger vehicles like buses are still a separate body and frame yeah and so i'm gonna talk more about that on the next episode we haven't done like a, a good history episode in the last three months of recordings I think but we are getting closer and closer to the 50th episode of this show and I just want to say thank you guys to everyone who has been listening all six of y'all I greatly appreciate it (laughs) yeah um apparently I have uh I have one percent from Singapore so thank you appreciate that one percent from Ireland the UK where else Germany in Australia. So thank you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. I greatly appreciate you because when I checked my analytics, I was not expecting that whatsoever. So uh, thank you for listening to this stranger on the internet. Uh, anyway, so we're at about 30 minutes. I have been trying to cut down my recording time. So I want to just say thank you to you guys. I love you. Have a great night. And don't forget, change your oil. Rotate your tires when you change your oil. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. We're still in a panini bread. And you guys have a great night. Love y'all. You don't sign off with something. Just kidding. This is Julie. Julie in the red Jeep girl. You guys have a great night. Okay.